Hello, good people, and welcome back to the show. In today's episode, I got asked about perfection, which is a topic I think resonates with all of us on some level, how to attain it, if it exists, etc. Before that, there are a few messages from me, as always. Listen to those, and I'll hop right into it. Hello, good people, and welcome back to the show. Two things for you. One, if you'd like to message myself or my team, you can do that very thing at rowrowandcompany.com. That's R-O-R-O and company.com. Secondly, if you would like to get on the show, we are still accepting submissions, and you can do that using the link below. It'll be right below the website. So enjoy yourself, folks, and enjoy the episode. All right, people. Perfection. So this is a very natural topic, the idea of striving for the ideal. I feel that we all do it to some level, or we all should do it, I should say. I just came off of doing that virtue episode. We should definitely, of course, have striving for the ideal, that sort of ambition, as a virtue. It's often seen as not a virtue. It's often seen as a vice, or at least it's classically seen as a vice. I feel that in the modern day, many people are sort of coming over to the side of seeing ambition as a virtue, or the virtue that it is, in my opinion. That being said, of course, you can see why it would be taken as a vice. Anything in abundance, anything in excess, is not good. I mean, you can die off of anything. And ambition is certainly something that you can literally die for. It just all really depends. It all depends on perspective, and it just depends on who you think you are, how much confidence you have, etc., whether or not you think that you can attain the goal. And it's cheesy, and however cheesy it is, it really is true. It is a little bit of wisdom. If you think that you can attain something, you are all the more likely to be able to attain it. That's just how the world works. So, perfection. Is striving for perfection wrong? I've already detailed that. I don't think it is. Because, of course, even if the common perception is that you cannot reach that state of perfection... There is no harm in trying. Of course, if you reach for the stars, chances are you're going to fall far beneath that, right? So any goal that you set for yourself, you are going to fall beneath it, chances are. Of course, it depends on the goal, and it depends on how high it is, your sort of work ethic, your ambition, your striving for excellence. But that being said, generally, you're going to fall at least slightly beneath that goal, if it's a pie-in-the-sky goal like perfection. That being said, if the goal is perfection... If you're a little bit below perfection, think about how amazing you must be. I mean, just the statistics alone would be in your favor for that. There's a huge margin right below perfection, which is full of great, good, excellent, all of these, you know, very subjective statistics which have been sort of imposed by society. And that is the second definition in which I believe perfection does exist, at least today is the societal perspective. Now, I often talk about societal perspectives and things like that a lot on the show, a lot on the podcast, but I really do think it's true. It's that whole perspective of subjectivity. And that's what I really mean when I say the societal perspective. I mean, of course, what is deemed by society. That's literally what that means, and that's literally how I mean it. And so for societal perfection, you're dealing with an incredible or I should say, an incredibly complicated system of hierarchical values. And that changes depending on, of course, the zeitgeist, the will of the times. And so perfection changes with that. I mean, our modern-day virtues, at least as they are trumpeted out by our mainstream news outlets, is one that is completely different from even two decades ago. I mean, that's completely remarkable. Our society, our culture as it stands today, is unrecognizable from that of the 20th century. It just truly is, and that's quite frankly mind-boggling, at least to me. 
how we can change that much culturally in that short time span. Because you think culturally, it would take a lot more finagling, a lot more working to change that, as opposed to something like, of course, a government institution. Because, of course, in a democracy, a government institution changing hands is just how it goes. That is the way the system runs. But the culture should stay as one, theoretically. Otherwise, if the culture shifts, then divides deepen, and of course you get gridlocks and stalemates, which is what we're starting to see today. But anyways, back to perfection. So, perfection. How do I even go into this? What do I even mean by societal perfection? Well, I think that there is a stage that a person can reach that by societal standards is ultimately perfect. A national icon, for instance, some sort of national hero, or what would be commonly referred to as national treasures. Think of Stephen Fry of England, for example. Whether you agree or disagree with him on any given point, you can't help but like the guy, or at least that's the way 99% of the public feels, and so he becomes a national treasure. And there is a sort of societal perfection that comes along with that, the ideal societal hero. And of course, that's much more easily attainable in a society that's more homogenous, more culturally, ethnically homogenous, certainly, and definitely culturally homogenous. I mean, that's the very definition of what we're talking about here. But it's true. It's that definition of cultural hierarchies. Now, the definition of a hierarchy is, is a stepping stone. It's a ladder. Now, ultimately, theoretically, there is a top to that. And of course, there can be flaws with that hierarchy, and there could be flaws with the top position. But theoretically, that is supposed to be the goal. That is supposed to be perfection. And so, theoretically, it is possible. And it's a very, very subjective thing. And of course, people go, well, no, that's not the case, because people will always have different opinions, etc. People will always make mistakes. That's the definition of something not being perfect, isn't it? Something that has made mistakes. Okay, all right, but then how do you define a mistake? And if you think I'm being pedantic here, I'm really not. It's just stressing this point. And what do I mean by that? Okay, well, one, you're probably getting sick of me saying that. Two, this is how. If a person goes through life and feels good about themselves, pretty much all of us die with regrets on our deathbed. Now, that, <laughs> that probably seemed like a sudden pivot here, but bear with me, folks. So, when someone is on their deathbed, and they say they have no regrets, that theoretically means that they have never made a mistake, or at least to their recollection, because obviously if they think that they've made a mistake, that would imply some level of regret. And so if somebody has made, or rather, if somebody has had no regrets, then of course they have achieved a state of perfection, at least within themselves. And the man is the city, and the city is the government, and the government is the nation, right? And so, theoretically, you can bring that up to its max scale. And so, perhaps there's more of a self-reflection version of a perfection, as opposed to a societal perfection. But there can be hero heroes that we champion, and there can be bad things that we overlook. And is that overlooking the same as getting rid of them entirely? I would wager that 99% of you people would say that no, of course the bad thing still exists, but as far as perfection goes, believing is everything. Belief, in its very nature, makes things tangible. 
So say you have a national hero who has done some absolute atrocity, but of course he has done something as well to achieve the rank of national hero. He's this cultural tour de force. Excellent. So you have this institution of a man or person, what have you. And they've done bad things. But the bad things are overlooked because, of course, they've done this great thing which overshadows them. Well, if the person on their deathbed thinks that they don't have any regrets, even though somebody else might critique them and say, oh, well, I don't think that that was the best choice, they still died. And I'm talking about the person on their deathbed. The person on their deathbed still died with that sense of self-reflective perfection. And what I mean when I say you can bring that up to a society-level scale is when you have a national hero like that who you basically overlook the bad things, if the society doesn't perceive a thing as being a mistake or overlooks it, then you have achieved societal perfection. And so is perfection objective? I don't believe that objective perfection exists. Some theologian somewhere might say that there is an objective perfect as far as whatever deity or whatever uh, theistic structure they believe in goes as far as that ramp up to heaven. But as far as our very natural, non-metaphysical existence goes, there is a sort of subjective perfection, which I think is attainable. Now, of course, subjective perfection, that seems like something which shouldn't even exist seems like an oxymoron. That being said, I think it can be taken into account because, of course, who determines what is a mistake? The very nature of perfection becomes subjective when you look at it through that lens. Anyways, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.